Welcome to The Bolt, the official podcast of Trinity Basin Preparatory, a charter school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we share interesting stories and strategies from across our district. I'm Connor Rogers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Trey. Hey, Connor. How are you today? I'm exhausted. <laughs> it, it is just like someone has flipped the switch in the in this month, and yeah. everything just went from 0 to 60, and then 60 to 120. I 100% agree. This has been a, a heavy month, but... But yeah. glad to be here. Yes, yes, glad to be here. Um, so, update on the wellness challenge. Yeah. Uh, we had our winner of was Mrs. Triplett at Panola. So okay. shout out to her. Congratulations. Um, but even perhaps more exciting was that we got you to a gym to work out with me. Yeah. Speaking of exhausted, can we <laughs> talk about that? Oh my gosh. So yeah, we. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to um, start this story by saying when you issued this challenge to me, I just assumed that like you know. We'd be working out together next to each other at the back of a class, and I could be able to like nudge you and go, "Oh, I'm not doing that. Look at this guy up here. What is he talking about?" And then I find out a few days later, you lead this class. Yes. You're teaching this class. Mm-hmm. Um, so t- tell me a little bit about tell tell the audience a little bit about this class. Yeah, so it's the class is called Body Pump. It is by Les Mills is the organization. They do a whole bunch of classes. Body Pump is their weightlifting one, and so it's. It's weightlifting, but it's more focused on not how much you lift, but how many times you lift it. And mm-hmm. it's all about getting the technique right and getting the timing right. So it's all choreographed to music. Yeah. So to teach it, I have to memorize all the, the right moves at the right time and then teach that to the class. So we all do the same moves together. It was intense. So at what, eight in the morning, I'm out at- Nine, uh, nine in the morning, yeah. Well, I thought it was eight. I don't know, for some, <laughs> some reason I saw on the, uh, on the invitation that I, so I was in Fort Worth at eight in the morning, ready to go, got there a little early, you showed me the techniques for this weight training thing. It was all, it's like a whole thing. Like you have to have yeah. your, your bench. Yeah. 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 Um, it is called a bench, <laughs> but it was like a, like a stepping thing. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. anyway yeah, it was it a whole a thing. Yeah. I had to, you had to go and show me the techniques for each. Mm-hmm. So then you have a, you have a bar as well. You have plates. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have the mat. If you're doing uh, stuff on the floor for pushups or sit-ups and Hey, and listen, <laughs> I was going to say, I love bars and plates, but usually <laughs> the plates I like, uh, have food on them. But, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, so no no no. So how how was it? What'd you think of the you you did work out for twenty minutes, which was the goal. So yeah, your your minimum I think or your requirement was like if you can just handle twenty minutes, you'll 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 get the effect of it. Or yes. you know, first timers, I think you say is twenty the, minutes is, is the recommended. Minimum. You do twenty minutes and then you add on about five minutes each, each well, time you come back. There was a I, I thought I was gonna make it through twenty, and I was like maybe I'll stick around for more. Um, I did not stay past twenty minutes. <laughs> I put my stuff away and gave you a peace sign, and I was out. <laughs> I, I saw that. Yeah. Like, Bye. Yeah. Um, I didn't even make it the full twenty because at a certain point I was like, I'm about to die. Uh, luckily, I looked at my watch or my phone or something, and somebody was calling, and I was like, Okay, I'll blame this on an emergency call. And it wasn't a huge emergency, but it was something I needed to take care of for work. Um, okay. There's that work-life balance again. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was interesting. I felt pain in places that I had never felt before. Didn't even know existed. <laughs> also, I, because I don't, I, I told you this off the air. I was like, you don't understand. This isn't just like get up in the morning. I have to find shorts. I have to find shoes that I don't even have to buy shoes. Um, I ended up just buying some joggers and finding some shoes that did not fit me. Uh, so my feet were killing me. Yeah. Um, but, you know. But see, that's the thing. I is did it. You, you're going to have to get this stuff to take care of yourself. Yeah, I definitely need. So. If I ever do this again, I need a new pair of shoes because uh, it was rough. Um, well, what I thought was interesting about it is um, so I... I learned from going to this Austin TCA trip with you that you're you're an Instagrammer, big time. As of recently, as of big January time. one, yeah. Okay, but so big you're you're doing this hashtag celebrate every day thing. Yeah. Okay, you want to tell us about what that 
Yeah, so I, I I like challenges, but uh, <laughs> not like that challenge. That was a that was a whole other kind of challenge. It was fine, but um, yeah, I wanted to do something this year. I, I've tried to uh, like uh, watch 365 movies in 365 days. So you're like doing something that you have to stay active and um, that's you know like a fun thing, it's supposed to be a personal thing. So I I decided to do this this year, starting January one, where I, you know there's all of these national holidays that are stupid. You know, it feels like. Every other holiday is Margarita Day. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't they just announce? You see it on Facebook or whatever. There's or, like Donut Day, but there's also like, Fried Pastry Day. Yeah, and, it's like yeah. There's, so. There's one for every day, and so I found this site which uh, kind of let me down a couple times, but uh, that's a whole other thing. But basically, it just tells you what the national holidays for are for that day. Um, and so, yeah, every day I wake up every morning and I post what the days are so that anybody who's following along with me can see on my story, here's the six things that are going on today, or maybe sometimes it's the one day and it kind of selects what I'm doing for me. Um, and then at some point during that day, I try to find a way to incorporate that into, uh, my day. So because of that, I've had to do a lot of crazy things that I have not either ever had to do or haven't done in a long time. I baked a chocolate cake. Um, yeah, it came out okay. I think, um, I took a bubble bath. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm not the smallest guy in the world. Connor. I know. It was, no, like, it was interesting. For uh, grown men, fitting in bathtubs yeah. is, is a problem. It was it was interesting, but it was fine. It was relaxing. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, if anybody wants to, to do this along with me, um, at Trey Garbers on Instagram, it's not that uh, hard to find me. But I will say this. If you're following me, the the the, the key is the stories. Yes, I'll you got to follow the stories. Yeah. The pictures are there, and that'll show you kind of what it is. But the stories is where that's where the... The meat is. That's yeah. where the gold is. So. <laughs> on, on, on National Hot Dog Day, that's where the that's meat is. That's where the meat is, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, what was cool about it is you you wrote this very nice post. This wasn't in the story about, mm-hmm. like, I challenged myself. I went to the gym. and It was, it was a very well-written piece. And uh, and you shouted me out, so I appreciate that. Yeah, so thank I, you. I, I, thank well, you. The, the biggest part of it was that was not a, a holiday challenge. But mm-hmm. because I'm doing this thing, it kind of eliminates that excuse of, like, eh, that's not really something I do because I'm – challenging myself to sometimes do things that are completely out of my comfort zone. Um, it was, it was very hard for me to go, nah, Connor, I can't. Um, so, you know, because if I'm doing stupid stuff like flying a kite, um, <laughs> then I might as well you know, do something good for me and, and lift some weight. So thank you for the offer. Um, okay. yeah, I shouted you out cause it was, it was, I could definitely see from you leading the class that you were, uh, probably a great teacher and definitely a, a great coach here at TBP. Um, it was it was fun to fun to see. Well, thank you, thank Absolutely. you very much. So my next question is is uh, when is National Podcast Appreciation Day? I don't know, but I'll look it up, and you can believe that I will be po- reposting every episode <laughs> yeah. of the whole podcast on every every outlet on so. on all yeah all outlets. Okay, uh, so what uh, what about um, topic wise? What are we tackling today? So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, um, not only to do and to <laughs> pay my bills, uh, technology. <laughs> all uh, right. This is my bread and butter. This is what I do every day. So we're going to talk about technology, specifically in the education. Field. Right, kind of, yeah, where where the ed meets the tech. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we got some great guests. We got Nicole Vavra, who was an instructional coach, an instructional technology coach, which is amazing. And mm-hmm. then now she's the assistant principal. She's doing a great job at the UN campus. Right. And then we got we got him out from the bullpen. Yeah. We got Manolo a familiar Munoz. A familiar uh, uh, person to the Bolt podcast. We're going to put him in front of a mic, uh, get him out from behind the soundboard. Uh, and see what he has to say about technology. Because I'm 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 not gonna kid you. I'm not gonna kid you. I'm telling you, this guy is a very creative technologist, if I can use those terms. Uh, he's always got these yeah. interesting ideas and new and, and uh, innovative ways to put technology, not only in just our department but our classrooms. So I'm excited what, to hear and I think say. our listeners are familiar with our our logo. That that's, that's all Manolo. Manolo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very very talented guests who know a lot about education and technology. Absolutely. So. All right. Let's hear what they have to say. 
this is outside my realm of expertise. So you guys, we wanted to talk ed tech, right? Yeah. So where do we want to start our conversation? So um, I wanted to talk about a little bit of uh, the, the three big players in the tech in the tech game. Who which you got? I believe are Microsoft, Google, and Apple. Let's before we go into each one. Let's can we go around the table? Team, and see? team, I want to see. Yeah, I want to see what everyone picks. Okay, well, hold on. When you say team, do you just mean overall? Do you mean like in phones and computers? I know and it's hard. There's so many. I, I'm yeah. kind of a divided camp myself, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to go first. I want someone else to go first. I, I, I don't mind going first. I so I use all of my personal. I'm bought into the Apple. Like for personal stuff, my phone's really? and my iPhone. Yeah, that's I'm, surprising. I'm, I thought you were more of a Microsoft guy. I am for work. See, and I think that's okay. where the now at home. I, I really don't have a home computer that I use except for the one that's hooked up to my uh, TV, which is a Windows machine. But I think that just I don't know. It's just what I have. Um, but because I use my work computer at home, if I need to like look something up, or my TV computer and it is a Windows machine. But for my like lifestyle stuff, I feel like. I'm bought into the Apple. I've, I was a very early adopter of the iPhone, so I've got money that's like in, <laughs> like sewn into these apps, and I feel like it's too late. Now, I will say, five, maybe five or six years ago, I started to really consider just Android. I was like, you know what? They're they're a few years ago, Pat, previous or prior to that, I wouldn't have trusted their machines. I'd see other people with Android phones, and they just seemed like they would fail all the time. And then they kind of caught up with Apple, and I was like, I could switch. I can't switch. Like I'm just too bought into mm. it. But yeah, at work I'm I'm totally a Windows guy. I really embrace the uh, Microsoft Office 365 platforms. Um, I think they, especially now with some stuff I'm going to show at the end, um, they're all playing. I think better together with each other than they have in in the past two years. So that's my two cents. Yeah, I would probably say just like my life would be Apple. Mm -hmm. um, just because same like I'm in the ecosystem. Um, when you when you say ecosystem, what do you? I mean, so if you call me on my phone, I can answer it from my watch, I can answer it from my iPad, I can answer it from my MacBook. Um, so you're all interconnected? Yes, everything. messages, all that. Um, <clears throat> just everything just talks so well with each other, I think on, on Apple, and I think they have the benefit of that because they make so much products where um, maybe, you know, if you're a Microsoft guy, they stop making phones, so they don't really have that, that right. phone element to so that So Apple's anymore. got the hardware. Yes, mm -hmm. and the software to go along right, with it. Right, right. And, and that's, I think that's where they win, where because they, they make the software for their hardware mm -hmm. versus Microsoft and Google don't do that all the time. They, they do. I mean, you have your Surface with Microsoft. You have the Pixel with Google. Mm -hmm. But you have Samsung making phones using right. Google software. Right. Mm -hmm. And like Lenovo and Dell making uh, PC hardware with Microsoft software. So I think Apple just has that because they control both it's all aspects. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just their product. You know, the experience mm -hmm. you get will not vary for the most part. They, the, the product they make is the product that they know is going to work and, and function the way they, they intended it to. Right. I guess that's why I don't like Apple, because it's it's like it works really well if you're using all of their stuff. And like the more tools and hardware and software you add, like the better it works. Sure, but you know? I would say if you just start, if you just had an iPhone, I think that'd be great. Like I, I think everything else is just an add-on. Like, oh, this is great, this is good, this is better. Mm -hmm. It's just getting better. But I think just having one product is enough for, for you mm -hmm. to say, oh, Apple's, this is a right. good, good product. So I did, I, I went Android to iPhone, now I'm back to Android. I'm really? very rare, I think, probably like. What was the kicker? What kicked you back off? Um, I, this is, this is gonna just, I'll just give you one example. So my beef with Apple is they don't play well with others. You know, just in general. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you could kind of say that about Microsoft and Google too, but I think, so with, with Apple, it's marketed for creative types. Like, oh, you want to be an artist, like you can draw on your iPad and all this stuff. But they only want you to be creative in the way that they want you to be creative. So I'll just give you an example. So on the iPhone home screen, 
if you wanted like three tiles instead of four, like you can't do it. Yeah. Like it has to be four. Because yeah. why? Because we say it has to be four. Yeah. You know? So they have an aesthetic. And, and, they, and, and, and like they, it all has to be the same rounded square thing. Like what if I want an app that's twice as big? And you know, yeah. why, can't I, why can't I think outside the box, Apple? Because they know what looks good. <laughs> they have spoken. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so. I will say that's, that's changed a little bit. It's become more customizable. I think uh, um, Steve Jobs is probably rolling over in his grave. And that's inappropriate to say. But <laughs> there were some things that he was like, never. We will never do that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like. I think one of the open. biggest ones, like, for a while, that you can set a wallpaper on your iPhone. Like, the home yeah. screen was just black. Mm, uh, it was yeah. like maybe iOS 7, I think, where they mm-hmm. finally gave you the ability to set a wallpaper. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think I think the reason though Apple does that is because they have a their brand is so big, yes. and like when you see that that those icons in that layout, you, you know, know it's, it's Apple. IPhone. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know it's Apple. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no second guessing. Um, right. I think that's why they they have that such tight control with their look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nicole, what's your pick? Well, so I used to be like split down the middle between Microsoft and Google. Mm-hmm. I've never really been an Apple person because, yes. <laughs> mostly because I have an uncle that owns a networking company. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to make sure that I had my free assistance for all my technology, uh, <laughs> I would not have Apple. Okay. Um, so that that's kind of like where it originated. But then I did have an iPod once, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because because I needed to be able to check my email at college, like in between classes, so I got an iPod. Boy, and they had that market on lock. Like, yes. I remember going, oh, I can't spend that much. I'll just get a crappy MP3 player, and boy, it was terrible. I did. I did have one of those yeah. MP3 players first, because my, my dad worked really hard. He saved a lot of money and bought us, like, these, like, from China yeah. MP3 players. And, uh, yeah, they were, I mean, they were good for a while, but they were outdated yeah. extremely quickly. And you get your first iPod, and you're like, Oh, this yes. is how and it's like, supposed oh, to be. I'm like, oh, why? This is why everyone else <laughs> yeah, had an this iPod. Makes sense, yeah. Yep. So, okay. Um, yeah. So I did have an iPod for a while. Um, but now I've really, like, Google has really stepped up their um, game. Like, they listen to educators yeah. and they make the changes, and their Google suite has really updated. So now Google Slides is nearly comparable to PowerPoint. Um, their uh, Google Sheets, now you don't have to. I used to have to write scripts in there to really? do some of the stuff that Excel would do, but now they're building all of those things in. And then they're creating different kind of ads, add-ons that allow um, communication between things. And then I use, I mean, I use Google for everything personal. So I use Gmail. I even make my, I use Flow on Microsoft to take all my work stuff and make it flow to my Google stuff. So I've got everything in one place. Mm-hmm. So my Outlook calendar is on my Google calendar. So I don't have to look at multiple different places we um, we and you please educate me on this because we had talked about um this was years ago when i first started about kind of turning that on and making that available but i think the reason we didn't is because it talked one way and it didn't talk back like if you it goes from microsoft to google yeah but, but like if you replied way. from your google account it wouldn't show up in your microsoft account or something like that does this sound familiar to you are you talking about like emails or or yeah specifically calendars. with emails if somebody if somebody emailed you in Outlook, you re, you know you receive the Outlook. It synced with Google, so you reply to it over there, and then responded from your Google account. If you happen to go back to your Outlook account, it wouldn't that response wouldn't be there because it's not syncing right. both ways. Yeah, I'm not using it for my email. That's the only thing Just I calendar? keep separate. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I use it for calendar, and that way, like events and everything are showing yeah. up over there. That, that I mean, because if I got something going on after school. Like personally, it's it's important for me to know like how long I'm going to stay at work, yeah. So I can also plan my work calendar, and uh, 
Well, and even like, um, like keep my budget on a Google sheet because like I can, e- I can edit it from like my phone or my mm-hmm. computer, but then also my husband can access it. Um, and then even like I'm planning my, uh, sister's bridal shower. So I have like a Google, like we have a collaborative Google sheet where we keep track of our RSVPs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I think, like you were saying, Apple had the iPod like way ahead. I think that's where Google is like the clear winner in terms of collaborative, shareable, shareable stuff. Yeah. They, it's gotta be Google. Yeah. When, when I was using Google in the classroom, it was amazing that I could see my students working on projects and like go in and put comments on there and I didn't have to wait until it was over. Like I could go see their progress and be like, Hey, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. Or what, um, you know, you have a typo here, maybe check that out. But yeah. that, you know, they didn't have to wait till they got a final grade to get all that feedback. Right. It simplify the feedback process. And I, I think Microsoft kind of does that with their OneDrive stuff. So you can make a Word document and share it with people and simultaneously edit it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's not as seamless. It's, yes. I don't know. I, I think they've, I think they've come uh-huh. a long way. I don't know if they, they kind of saw what Google has done and then integrated yeah, I think, it. I think, uh, they, they pulled an apple and waited for somebody else to figure <laughs> out and then made it better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think they, uh, Google definitely blew up with the whole <clears throat> a Google suite of like, people want to share mm-hmm. stuff and like simultaneously edit. And I think that with, <clears throat> in terms of technology or sorry, education, they, just became the, like, I think educators saw, oh, like, Chromebooks are, you know, they're not expensive devices. They're cheaper mm-hmm. than iPads, super, way cheaper than PCs. Right. Um, and they just, I, I don't remember, I don't, I feel like I remember waking up one day and, like, Chromebooks were everywhere in, in, yes. a, in the school, in the school yes. market. Do you remember when they first came out? Chromebooks? Yeah. Yes. I do, too. Um, it was back when I was working at the pharmacy, and, and we got one as, like, a demo. Like, Google was just trying to get these in people's hands, and they were like, mm-hmm. we'll send you one. And so me and my supervisor looked at one. And I was like, what's the point? I don't yeah. get this. Why would I, yeah, why I would I need it just to search the web? I don't get it. Yeah. There yeah. was a commercial where it was like trying to sell PCs or something. He's like, that's a Chromebook. So without a Wi-Fi connection, it's pretty yeah. much an expensive yeah. paperweight. Exactly. And now it's like, it's, you know, they're in every single school and yeah. almost all our classrooms. It's that's, Yeah. And, and I think Microsoft definitely now is playing catch up with that, trying to make yeah. um, or work with hardware vendors to make cheaper devices for the EDU market. But I, I don't know. They might be. And I feel like this happens a lot with Microsoft, but they're just a little too late in, in that aspect um the last thing that i can think of is the zune like i think the zune was way better mm. than the ipod but yeah. they just were too late to the market yeah. the every ipod was the factor saturated yeah the the you know the mp3 player of choice uh you'd get a zune people to call it an ipod like oh you got an ipod no it's a zune um right. i had a zune and i have to constantly get that question yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah what'd no, you do to your ipod it looks <laughs> yeah. weird is that yeah, a cool case, it's a cool case. <laughs> um but yeah uh so yeah i think they're playing catch up in, in in that aspect um but i think they're i mean from what I've seen, I haven't used this for obviously for schoolwork or anything, um, but it's pretty comparable now. But I, th- you know, I think if you're in the Google world, why, you you wouldn't switch. There'd be no reason for you to switch. Um, but I think if I was going into this, I'd probably go stick with Microsoft, only because I think in in the way that Apple has the iPod and Google has the web search, I think Microsoft has Microsoft Office. Yes, Excel, that PowerPoint, is their Word, flagship. That's like mm-hmm. that's what everyone uses in the outside education world. Right. Um, and I think it's, it's, there's features in the office suite that you don't get with sheets, slides, no. um, what's the other one? Docs. Docs. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. You have to create, you have to find add-ons or pay for other programs like, yeah. like PowerPoint. I can, I can create and like record my voice over it and basically turn it into a slideshow video mm-hmm. and send it to someone. You can't right. do that with Google slides at this point. No, I, I'm sure there's an add-on for that, right, for right, it, but right. within Google slides itself, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. Um, so someone, and I'm glad you said that, Nicole, earlier about like Google Slides is now trying to be 
more on par with PowerPoint, but someone put it to me and said they're like, if you had to give a presentation to ask people for a million dollars, you would do that on PowerPoint, yeah. not on yeah. Google. I, I remember when we first like got, when I was in the classroom and we first trans, were transitioning to Google Suite, I would I refused to use Google Slides. Like it was just not, I did not, did not know how to use it and it just did not seem to be as efficient as PowerPoint. But they really have, it's, mm -hmm. they've really stepped it up. Good, good. Okay, so Microsoft wins in terms of Microsoft Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. I think they win in the business side, um, which yeah. also can play a part in, in edu education where right. like, you know, using it, using the Office Suite with mm -hmm. Word, PowerPoint, Excel, all that. I think Google wins in the how available their services yeah. are. Accessibility. Um, yeah, accessibility. Ease of know, use. Yeah. Ease, I, I will say, just to drop in, we, we have a note here about how we use it at TBP, and so far it's aligned with everything you said. We, For for us, we use Windows devices. We use Office 365. We use Outlook for you know our email, um, which is part of that suite. But our students for for you know second through eighth, Chromebooks are so easy for, especially as an IT staff to deploy. Like we're now, when we did our big um, two to one push, we got white glove service from our vendor. Um, so when the Chromebooks got to us, they already were ready to go. We pulled them out of the box. They joined our Wi-Fi. We didn't have to do anything. They oh, were wow. just ready to go. Mm -hmm. We had to restart them, I think, once per device. Or maybe we didn't even have to do that. We unbox them, open them up. They join our network, start applying the policies. You, I think, we, yeah, we did have to restart once, and then it just starts downloading the app. So it, from out of the box time to putting them in the student's hands, Two minutes tops like it's that's insane wow for you know it takes us 20 30 minutes to image a computer to give to a staff uh, a staff member but to be able to just hand these out to students in, in such a quick time it's like game changer mm -hmm. yeah how appropriate yeah. um there you go <laughs> like your shirt uh, yeah and then apple uh we obviously have in our pre-k through first i think apple wins in the experience <clears throat> yeah um just i i think and i think that the whole push for like Apple's education thing came out when I was in college. Um, so I didn't get to experience like what maybe a kindergarten or first grader experiences now <clears throat> with an iPad. Um, but the apps that I've seen are so much more better on, on an iOS device and iPad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, they just have so much more apps. Um, I think developers l love Apple and they make quality content for them. Um, and that's why they have this such, such a great catalog and library of, of these apps. Um, and you know, even now with like the Apple Pencil, um, which is you know simple stylus have been around forever, but I think their the way Boy, they they killed it. Yeah, just oh it's, my it's, gosh, they they use stuff like that very well, and it translates um, as a as a useful product in the in the EDU market. I think. Um, well, so, and I would say Apple wins also in vertically integrated hardware with the software. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just the experience you get like when you use an Apple device, whether whatever whatever it is. I think I'm probably biased. It's it's a a very good experience. Like you uh -huh. you you like you like using what you're using, um, and you you move over to an Android or move over to a Chromebook or even a PC, and like you you know that oh this is way different than what I experienced in Apple. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think Apple just has that wow factor to them that one when, when sure. whatever they release. Well, and for for our students, it's a very tactile device. I mean, there are there are touchscreen Chromebooks, obviously, and Chrome tablets and Windows devices, but when you're talking about pre-K kids and trying to get them to really respond to these very vibrant and dynamic apps, I think um, Apple's kind of the obvious choice for something where they're, they can't type yet, right? They're not mm -hmm. learning how to, they, that, that's right. a little older. Um, so they have to be able to touch and move stuff around and drag and everything and, uh, and play. Like it's a, it's a playful device. Mm, it yeah, seems that's more a good point. Um, 
fun. It's a fun device. Yeah. Okay, so is it better? We talked like kind of about each of the three. Is it better to, for school to go all in on one, or should we have all three? I think kids need to be exposed to all of it because they they will be exposed. We don't know what career choice they're going to be in yeah. and what they're going to need to use or at least have some sort of experience with. So we can expose them to as much as possible. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and even just outside, I think in general life, and I'm, I know I say I have a lot about Apple stuff, but I just bought a Chromebook that I'm using for personal use. Um, and I have a gaming PC, so I, I use all three platforms um, extensively. Um, and I think, like you know, we just discussed, each one does something better than the other. And I think it's a beautiful thing when technology like that can come together and fulfill the needs of your life in the technology world. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're doing a great job in, in exposing our kids to what all is out there, and even more. Hopefully, there's more to come, and you know, a fourth player comes in and kind of just shakes the, the technology yeah. world up. Being device agnostic is what we're talking about, right? Um, yes. And even though our, our devices are very um, standardized across different grade levels, like like I said, you pre-K through first year iPads and you go into Chromebooks, Like we were discussing who wins, but really it sounds like we're kind of to the point now, which I don't think we were five, ten years ago, where everything, like you said, can play well together, where you can have each of every device. Or like for my personal lists and calendars, I'm using Google, I'm using Gmail, like you said. For work, I'm using uh, you know Windows apps but I'm doing them all from my iPhone. So it's to the point where you really don't have to think about which one you like better, which one you want to pick. You can kind of do what right. you want to and get to those things on each device, which is huge. These I days. think the answer to who wins, I think it's the consumer because we, right? get, we get all these cool oh. stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And in which case, the students, the shareholders. Sure, yeah, yeah the shareholders yes. for sure. Yes. Um, but Okay, but I'm pushed back against that a little bit because our students right now, past first grade, only have the Chromebooks. So they're not Correct. really getting exposure working with Microsoft Word or any of the Apple Wow Factor, but this they they have access to it. Maybe this is something we need to make a little more available and, and known. And we did in our last Tech Tip Tuesday that they have the uh, oh wait, no 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 save this because we're gonna we're gonna do this okay. as a new segment on the podcast. Yeah, that I'm excited. I know what yeah, you're gonna say. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, okay, so save I definitely that. will. Yeah, we'll talk more about the uh, being yeah. able to use those other yeah, yeah, products because very new brand new segment. Nicole's never seen it before. But I will right. say uh, even even aside from that, I mean. Um, and I may have said this in, in our conversation about TCA when we were down there. A few years ago when I, when I first started here and we were just trying to kind of clean things up specifically in IT and probably from an academic standpoint as well, yes. um, we are as a district, as, a, you know, as a, an entire, every facet, we are leaps and bounds further and farther ahead than we were even just a few years ago, a couple of years ago. And when we used to go down to TCEA, we'd walk the floor and I'd see maybe two or three things that we were ready for. Like we're just, we're not there yet. It's really cool, but we still have these Windows machines and these classrooms that are failing. If we can't, if we're spending most of our time fixing this stuff, we can't go with AR and VR mm-hmm. and everything. You can't all go really ahead cool if, you're if you're still, up, yeah, yeah, if you're trying to keep your head above water. And we've come so far that now when I'm sitting down with, with Ms. Austin or, or uh, Mr. Barchak or principals, we're, we're starting to talk about, okay, cool, the, the stuff that we have works, that we've put these things in place and the people in place to make sure that this stuff works and, and not only works physically and it powers on and stays on and charges and all that stuff, but um, that the teachers are knowing how to use this stuff, which is really exciting for us. Um, so now we can, we can take the time to do AR and VR, which we've done a couple of times this year, last year, and now we're discussing okay, should we have like a cart of iPads that 
spoiler alert, we don't have this yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like we're discussing, oh, like, should we have, I know, I'm sorry. Um, but, we're, but we're looking into it. Like I'm getting quotes on putting a shareable group of iPads at each campus so that, yeah, the, the third graders, the fourth graders, the eighth graders, if they're doing project-based learning, PBL, right? Yeah, okay. very good. Um, nice. They can check out the cart instead of, it used to be, you know, check out the cart of Chromebooks for the day. Take them all out, put them back in, don't charge them. Um, <laughs> bane of my existence. But um, now we can have a, a floating cart of um, of iPads or whatever that device is so that, yeah, it's floating not just... Cart of HoloLenses. Of HoloLenses. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh, yeah. There's a cool half a million right there or something. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we're, we're, it's not stopping at first grade for iPads or maybe, um, you know... They, they can get that in the upper grade levels. Right, and I would add on to that to say that TBP is a great place to be. It's a great place to be a teacher, a great place to be a student, because when teachers or even like kids have ideas about, hey, with this new technology, we are always, I want to say yes, so let's look into it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to say yes as we much as we can. No, we might have to say no. We or we to, might yeah. have to say not, not yet. yet. Yep. Right. Uh, but that's great because teachers truly have a voice and students have a voice to say like we want to try something new huh. fertile ground for new ideas right yeah that's mm-hmm. right that's right um okay so so i think now we're gonna take a quick break but when we get back we're gonna talk uh 100 digital and we've got some new podcast segments we're gonna try out hey mr trey what's that you're writing on oh this old thing Actually, this new thing, this new cool thing. Uh, this is my rocket book, Connor. Oh, what's you a rocket book? You know all about this thing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this rocket book is something that I saw on your desk. Uh, I don't know. This was my end of my first year. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, Connor, what is that thing? He said, Oh, it's a rocket book. No big deal. And now they're everywhere. I see them in principals' hands and ICs hands and teachers' hands. This thing is blown up. So tell us about yeah. what the rocket book is. So yeah, my friend got it for me as a gift. And so the idea is, it's the last notebook you'll ever have to buy mm-hmm. because it is. You write with this special friction pen that you write in it. Take a picture using the app. That's going to send it to wherever you want it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Drive, OneNote emails as a PDF, and then you can erase it or wash the text away, so you just can keep reusing the pages. Yeah, and I think what's really important is in my ongoing efforts to get organized, I really want to digitize my notes and things that I'm capturing. Um, but for me, it's really important to write the thing down or else it, it doesn't really stick in my memory if I'm typing exactly. it. And this kind of lets you have the best of both worlds where you can write the notes but then digitize them after the fact. So it's really for, cool. for easy retrieval. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if we're in a meeting and a principal announces something, which usually happens in my line of work, <laughs> and, then, and then I can go back and say, oh, what did they say? When was the timeline on that rollout? And yeah. I can go back and easily retrieve the notes. And I don't, never have to worry about, oh, I left my notebook at home, so I don't know what I wrote down. Yeah. Um, it's also great for when you're interviewing teachers. Okay. You know, write down some notes about, and then, hey, who was that person we interviewed like? What was her name? What's her, you know? Yeah. Got it all right there. Yeah. And you can so keep your great. work and personal notes separate just based on where you're sending these things. It's it's a really, really cool product. Mm-hmm. There's so, even one you put in the microwave. I, I, yes, the Wave. Uh, the Wave is the microwavable one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Rocketbook is a great product. You should check it out. Absolutely. All right. Back to our guests. And we're back. Okay, so new podcast segment. It's called well, it's called Mr. Trey's Tech Tips. I love it, and I'm really excited about it. So what I think I'm going to do for this segment is just rip off our Tech Tip Tuesday, right? No. Manola's going to design this amazing uh, PDF, and then I'm going to rip it off and go. So I have this unique idea. Um, so all right. So what do you got? For tech, I I do Mr. have Trey's a I do tip? have a tech tip, and this is actually it's kind of a perfect. Um, episode to kick this off because I feel like, and because we're talking about being device agnostic, but kind of using the things that you're already using for personal or work use. Um, 
I'm going to talk a little bit about some uh, Microsoft apps really quick um, because they've just been so front of mind for me and so prevalent in my life lately. Um, we just did a Tech Tip Tuesday earlier this week. Um, so I'll start there um, because something, and this is what you kind of were cutting me off about earlier right. about no spoilers, <laughs> is that so we tell every NEO that I do. Um, Which is new employee orientation. New employee orientation. When I get to meet the new teachers, new staff members, I tell them, and, and I'm throwing a lot of stuff at them, so it probably doesn't resonate, and it probably doesn't stick with them once they get to the classroom and they have to deal with kids. Um, but each of our um, email accounts comes with it an activation or five activations of Office 365. What that means is you use, this This is my spiel, you're, you're using one right now when you sign into your computer for the first time, so you have four more activations to use Office. That means that what used to be a 200, I think it's now a $100 program for Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, um, is free to all of our staff members. So they can go home and on their personal computer, they can go to office.com. You guys can all, anyone who's listening, you can go to office.com and you can download and install on your Mac. Anyone who works at TBP, for our outside listeners, maybe come and get a job at TBP um, if you want this. But you can Work go to your just to get the just to get the, the no, it will be deactivated once you leave. Um, but that's the thing; it's tied to your email address. So, um, but yeah, you can download and install the full Office suite on your computer for free. It will have all of your work documents attached, which is kind of uh, attached to that account, which is kind of what they want. They want you to be able to start working on something at work, go to your home computer, work on it over there, pull out your phone, work on it there. Um, so that's like I said, that's what I tell all of our new employees. But our tech tip Tuesday for this week was that also applies to our students. All of our students have an email account. They don't have email address. We don't want our students emailing each other. That would be a nightmare to manage, I think. Well, I think but it's, it's illegal. It's illegal. There you go. For There's the age another of reason. Our students. Um, but uh, but they do have an email account or an, an Office 365 account. Meaning our students, teachers, listen up. Our students, you can tell your t- your students this. They can go home and on their personal computer uh, or on their parents, whatever, they can download the full Office suite. They go to office.com. They sign in with their account, uh, which is their username at trinitybasin.net and their password, which is their student ID, they can download the Office Suite and have a free version at home, which I think is huge. I don't know if that's a, uh, a benefit that every student gets at all the other districts, but I think that's a, a really big deal. No, that's a very big deal, and uh, what a wonderful first Mr. Trace tech. Yeah, uh, I, I do have a couple more I'll throw in really quickly just because I've been using them lately. Uh, in the Outlook app on my phone, it just started asking me if it wanted me to let it read my emails back to me. So for those of you who cannot leave work at work and need to answer emails outside, you can, in your car, say, yes, read my emails to me. And it'll say, you have an email from your boss, James Dworkin. And no. how would you like no. to respond? No, no. It, it doesn't <laughs> sound that. <laughs> and I are shaking our heads over here. It does not yeah. sound that uh, robotic. Um, it's actually really good. It's a really cool experience. It puts the sender of the email and the subject on your, if, you ha- if your car's Bluetooth is integrated, uh, on your screen. Um, I've used it for the past three days. It's Huge! Yeah. It's really, really cool. I started using it too, and it's way more natural than what Trey. Yeah, yeah, like. for sure. It's Cortana. Uh, it's, it's the Cortana, voice for yeah. Cortana. Um, oh, because it's Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you can. It also gives you the option when it's done reading your email. It's like, what so do you want me to do with this email? Yeah. For sure. Uh, no, it says, uh, "What do you want me to do with this email?" And you can archive it and send it to your archive, or you can flag your email, um, which will, you know, for if, follow up later. For follow up later. But if you're using Microsoft To Do, which we will talk about on a future episode. Uh, which is uh, Microsoft bought out Wonderlist. Um, you can flag your email and it'll create a second, a, you know, a, a separate task list for your follow-up things. Um, so anybody, I could drone on and on about this for another five minutes, but this is not supposed to be an episode. It's supposed to be a segment. Um, but if anybody has any questions, reach out to me. No, here's um, here's my beef with that. Okay. 
because it doesn't leave work at work. Yeah. And so I was reading this article about the problem with millennials, and it's they blend work and their personal life together. Yeah. And then you have a half of both and not a successful one of the other. So things like standing desks and things like reading your emails in the car. Isn't yeah. it better to just read the email at the office and then leave it at the office? I, as nice as that sounds, I just don't think that's possible for everybody. Um, I don't think I would keep my job much longer if I just stopped reading emails at, at 4 o'clock. I really don't. I mean, maybe that's something I need to talk to my supervisors well, about. If it's an emergency, won't someone call you? For sure. But I also, I, I like to kind of mitigate what I have to do every day in the office by handling some things that I can handle. I don't know. That's a whole work-life balancing that we can talk about forever. Yeah, that's, but a, that's another. If you are um, okay with doing that, which it also doesn't bother me. Like, I don't I don't have kids. I don't have a wife when I go home. I don't have, like... But you still have a personal life. Barely. I mean, it's <laughs> it's barely there. But I don't know. It's it's easier for me, and, and I don't mind it. So for those... And you don't have to use it in the car. You could use it while you're in the office. You could do it. Like, let's say you're not by your computer and you have your emails, but you're talking, you know, what, well, you're not talking to somebody. I don't know. I feel like there's a practical use for yeah, using no, it I, I was gonna say, outside uh, of the car. I think all of us, um, well, at least drive to like, sometimes drive to a campus. You're still working. You're you mm-hmm. know, driving to a campus and you get an email like, oh, let me just, you know, hear it real quick. Yeah. Uh, you hear it, you get to the campus and you don't have to worry about, oh, let me check my emails. You already heard it. You don't have to reply to it right then and there, but at least you know about it. If it's important, you'll know about it. If it's not important, you know about it. I do think it's important to like, look at the other side of that too. Whereas if you're a person that you know you do better with retaining information or understanding information when you hear it, this is a great option for you. 100%. And at someone like me who is already listening to podcasts, I'm kind of already in that, um, you know, auditory learning mode. It, it really helps to, uh, to have this nice lady telling me what's going on. And it makes me feel important. It's like I have an assistant. I think you mentioned this, but like you could be listening to music listening to a podcast and it once you get an email it'll tell you hey you got an email do you yeah. want to listen to it it's not like you have to go to the app open it play yeah. my emails it, it'll tell you oh you got an email do you want to listen to it yeah so it's kind of just integrates well with whatever you're already doing in your so it just interrupts your podcast interrupts your, your music only if you want it to yeah. only okay. if you if you hit the yeah read my emails okay. it's pretty cool okay i'll put a link to it in the in the show notes <laughs> as well. and again if you guys want to know more t- uh, reach out i'll tell you okay. all about it all right, so anyway, that's a, that's a great first segment for Mr. Trace Tech Tips. Mm-hmm. Let's go into 100% digital. I don't even know what that means. What's 100% digital? So in my, uh, my, I guess my definition is no paper. It's everything you're doing in a classroom. For, for classroom. For classroom, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's all on a computer, on a tablet. It's, you're, you're using technology 100%. And now, and so like, I feel like that's my definition. You could define it somewhere, something, uh, some other way. Um, and there's also other aspects to think about, like, is, is this just for teaching? Is this teaching just 100% digital? Is <clears throat> whatever the teacher does after they're teaching, like the whole grading, the whole thing, is that all 100% digital? And how do you see it? I think I just wanted to have that discussion because I think whenever I was a kid in, in school, um, I think the, the whole technology in school was just, you know, starting to be a thing. Um, I always thought, like, it'd be super cool if I had, like, just like an iPad type device. I don't know if the iPad was out by then. But something like that, a one device that holds all your schoolwork, mm-hmm. it holds all your textbooks. Um, you're not carrying this, you know, big backpack of three to four textbooks, um, and everything just kind of lives in this one ecosystem or this one device. And kind of similar to in that video we saw with that girl with the her tablet, it had all her stuff in that, it had her notebook, it had her textbooks, it had her yearbook even was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was. And I think it's because I was so big into technology, that was always like kind of like a dream, like, oh, this would be super cool. Like, I'd love school, you know, if it, if it was something like this. Um, and so I see it more as the student side, 100% digital is me using my Chromebook, for example, my iPad, um, and doing all my classwork in there. 
how realistic is it? Is it possible? Yeah, because most textbooks now are they have the online version of that textbook mm -hmm. and it's actually more affordable than the physical textbook. So there are already schools that have gone, they're not 100% digital as far as never have a piece of paper in the classroom, but they use different um, systems like Google Classroom or Canvas or Blackboard, and then they have the digital versions of the textbooks. And they also, if they're using Chromebook devices and they're using Office, uh, 365 mm -hmm. online, mm -hmm. so the kids are having access to Google, but also Office, just the online platform of it. So it, it it's here. Yeah, we're there. And yet, no, we're, I, not, we're not there. I was going to say, well, in, in a, maybe not TVP, but we're there in the concept of humans. We've we've reached that uh, capability, uh, and yet I still have to find replacements for all these copiers because I'm listening. We're still <laughs> buying and servicing copiers. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's easier for our students to get there than it is. Oh. There's digital citizens. Our kids are digital citizens because there's it just always has been there. Digital natives. Digital natives, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Sorry, thank you for correcting me there. Digital natives. Whereas like we have to bring ourselves and other educators into this realm of it's okay if you don't have a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I just, again, maybe maybe I'm the lone wolf here, but I, I have concerns about that because the tool that you use limits the work that you can do with that tool, whatever the tool. So like if you are only using pencil and paper, you're limited by what you can do on the paper. Right. If you're using a computer, in a way you're still limited because think of I'm just thinking of like an art classroom right so you could have tablets and have a styli is that the plural of stylus I have no idea <laughs> no I want to know have styluses or I think styli. I always said styluses but I like styli one. you could have you could have a stylus and you could draw and color and change all these things but the art itself would somehow be different if it was done on pencil and paper so each each one has its own. Yeah. I'm not saying one no, but I would agree with that I think but that, that that's a special use case like art I think is best mm -hmm. even though I do a lot of like Computer-based art. I think art is best on a paintbrush, on a like a hands-on, physical touching. That I think that's right. the well, best kind of art. We just need to give them all of those tools. Right. Like right. let mm -hmm. them create stuff digitally or with paint or with mm -hmm. a pencil right. and see what they like the most. Because I really enjoy creating digital content as well, but I also love picking up a paintbrush and having a canvas and creating something that I can give to someone. Right. And like music, that you're still going to be playing instruments. You know, all that. Like you could do that on a, on, a, on a computer. You could do that on an iPad. But I think it's best, like with what you said, the tools are all available to you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think my main question of this is like for your for your uh, your concerns. What is the in in the in the classroom? What is the concern of not using pen and paper anymore or pencil paper anymore? Um, well, I think it would be it, it's it's a paradigm shift in a way because as teachers we kind of tend to teach the way that we were taught or try to avoid the way that we were taught and try to change it up but that's what we gravitate towards so I, th I think it's a mind shift mm -hmm. in terms of because we, we have teachers of all age groups you know and some some who are a little more maybe our younger teachers are now digital natives um, but yeah I think I think that's yeah but it's already kind of moving that way I think you you mentioned to me in our mm -hmm. pre-show meeting that you know, the star test in a couple of years is going to be 100% online, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think it's 22, spring of 22. Yeah. Yes, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think, though, like, the question is not truly do we send our kids 100% digital because 
if all you're doing is replacing the pen and pencil with a computer and a stylus, which Wikipedia says plural is styli or styluses. So either, <laughs> oh, either acceptable. Either one, okay. just so but you know. I love styli. I, styli. styli. It's our new word. You can draw a picture of plain highlight with your styli. <laughs> yes. But I think if you're if you're using that Chromebook to just replace your paper and pen or pencil, yeah. what's the point? Right. It doesn't it doesn't change the rigor. Right. Or the collaboration or the innovation. Yeah. So if your conversation is strictly like, just do we just make it digital? I think it's, that's not worth spending the time on. But if you're asking, like, how are we using all of this digital technology to enhance our students' learning, to allow them to be more creative, more innovative, more uh, better problem solvers, think critically, those mm -hmm. types of things. So you think the discussion should be more like, why would we do 100% digital? Like, what's the... The benefits of it? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I, I would think, I'm not a teacher, um, but obviously, but I would think it, it, it'd be easier on the teacher if everything's, you know, like Google Classroom, they're doing an assessment, a test, or whatever, a discussion. From experience, yes. It's it is easier, easier, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that would give them more time to, you know, self-care, to, um, you know, plan ahead for the next week, or, you know, just, you know, more time. More, more time is always good. Um, I think from the student side, I would, I would think um, this stuff would be more interactive, um, like we saw in the video with the whole little, you know, polar bear, instead of just a paper with, you know, what is this, this and this, um, what if it is a polar bear asking you, hey, like, help me get to my iceberg, answer this question, you answer it, it goes, into, uh, goes on to the next step, and he's like one step closer to um, his iceberg. And so I think it, it, it adds that, that element of interactivity, I think, helps um, the kids who might not, you know, don't want to just look at a paper with, with a question on it. Um, it. It would help with the learning in, in that way. Um, I think the whole the, the cost. You know, you're not printing all this paper. Your, your environmental, sure. you know, aspect. You're you're saving paper, saving the trees. I, I, I'm not seeing. I guess the 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 con of it is. is I guess my question is: Is there a con to this? I would say <clears throat> there's a trend that I'm seeing. And, and I'll call this, like, for lack of a better term, the Khan Academy trend, which is the learn at your own pace, you watch the videos, you do the practice, so you could have a fully differentiated classroom. I think that works very well for science, math, engineering, maybe a little bit with history. Um, but it, I don't think that works for reading, literature, writing, because while you could have a typed out discussion on Google Classroom, that, again, like, that is limited as in a way that I can't articulate just because the spoken word is different than the written word. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think there still needs to be a place for a really rich discussion of symbolism in Lord of the Flies within the classroom. Yeah, I agree. Like if we're going, I guess it's also the perception of what you believe 100% digital is. I think some mm -hmm. people see, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm hearing maybe 100% digital is that like the teaching is coming from through the device. It could be because you know, yeah. like the whole flipped classroom idea gained a lot of ground, you know. Mm -hmm. But I would say like your teacher, the teacher is there. The teacher is directing right. it right. all. But so the in order to go 100% digital, there's going to be have to be a lot of training that happens to help the teachers. Like how do I take this beyond a paper and pencil type thing? Whereas I mean, if your first step is just to make it digital and get rid of the pencil and paper for economical reasons or just to get people used to it, that's a great first step. 
that definitely. But then you have to figure out how are you going to move past that? Right. How am I going to help my teachers learn um, to be innovative with this, to help the students really grow? SAMR, right? S-A-M-R, the... Yes. I, I, as you, when you were saying this a second ago, I was like, oh, this is, I haven't heard it in a little bit. Um, but it's the substitute, it's, so it's the SAMR model. I'm looking at it right now because I always forget what the words are. But it's the difference between substitution and technology working up to redefinition of the use of technology to where it's not just substituting for that pen and paper. It's with the A is augmentation, then modification, then redefinition. Yeah, I think that's where when Desmos came out as an online graphing platform, mm-hmm. where they really broke ground there because it they truly did not just become a web-based graphing calculator, mm-hmm. but they became something that kids could manipulate and they could see and they can try stuff out. Right. They can just type stuff in and see what happens mm-hmm. or they can re- create scales and, and really see trends. And so I think Desmos was really good when they came out with that, that they weren't just thinking like, I just want to make a graphing calculator available to everyone. They thought about all aspects of let's create this something more. Right. Mm-hmm. And like an open, free thinking, innovative space, uh, a blank canvas or yes. kind of a, um, what I thought was cool about Desmos is that there's these games you can play where it's like you have half of a line and there's these balls rolling down and then there's another half of a line. So you have to like graph, graph the, thing the middle so that they'll the fall in the thing. Oh, and, okay. But you have to know about graphs and the slope of a line. That's like, amazing. Yeah. So that I was like, that's genius. Um, so but I, I was going to link in the show notes. There's these two videos by this guy, Alan November. Um, and they're pretty old as far as tech goes because they're from 2013, <laughs> which oh, ancient. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. But a lot of the stuff he says is good. And so... What he says about like Khan Academy and stuff like that is that it, we're going to shift the role from the the teacher as the knowledge filler, like I'm going to fill the students' heads with my knowledge, really as like the students are producers of content. And so one thing he says is that kids think they know how to Google well, but they actually don't. So for I instance, have had this conversation hmm. many times. I yeah. was taught how to Google, but right. their kid, we haven't taught our children how to Google. I feel like I'm great at it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so so he he says an example like. If you tell your kids to like, we need a famous picture of American history, and they type in American history into the search bar, they get Ed Norton with no yeah, American history X. American history X. <laughs> but they don't know that, like, they don't know what they don't know, and they don't. Who's know this that. patriot? <laughs> Let me look up. What's that symbol on his chest? Yeah. Uh, so, so they don't know that they don't know how to use Google well. So he, then he says, like, well, what if you put sites colon edu, mm-hmm. and it like blows kids' minds because they're like, oh, like you can filter it and you can use Boolean operators, and yeah. you know. Um, so I, th- I think that would shift what we teach kids is not so much facts or information because they can go search that out themselves, but how to search for those and research things well and critical thinking and then how to put them together meaningfully, I think would shift. Yeah, and identify reputable sources. Mm-hmm, exactly. Along with sure. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Even though I just cited Wikipedia earlier. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's a fairly fair. reputable source, though, right? Well, uh, no? Anyone can edit it. But <laughs> not anyone can. I mean, you still have to have sources for your edits. Am I wrong? Like, if, if you're editing and you change a fact about something, don't you still have to cite the source of something that's... You do, but you're... You just cite a reputable source? Some other yeah. website. You're relying mm-hmm. on other people to fact check that also. Right. So, okay. but what if you did take, like, a... Like this piece of information, look at the source, go to the source, make sure it's valid. Would that be? You could teach them to do those yes. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but go to the primary source. That's what we right. teach them. Go okay. to that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also, I also think too, to your point though, like you use Wikipedia to find out like styluses or styli. Like that's a Wikipedia type question, right. not mm-hmm. like what are the literary styles and techniques of Leo Tolstoy. You know, like probably yeah. Wikipedia is not the best source for that. So um, that was that was just my thing. And the, oh, here's another thing I found in those videos by Alan November. 
he said there were these myths of technology and then what the fact was. And so he said, one of the myths of technology is that we were gonna have this great diversity of opinion. And that like, oh, kids in America can talk to kids in China and like learn about new ideas. And he's like, what happened is people go to the web and get their own version of the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so relevant mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. you know? But sorry, I took us down a rabbit hole there, but no, you, you're talking about going 100% digital. So that's, I think it changes what the role of the teacher is and pushing, like Nicole said, like those critical thinking, evaluating sources, those kind of skills. Interesting. Okay, so are we ready for our next segment? Yes, I'm okay. excited. So I'm, I'm excited too, because I don't know what this means, but Connor, we're gonna dip into your coach's corner. So yes, why don't you tell yes, us a little the coach's about. corner. Yes, so I'm an instructional coach, and uh, so the the idea is you would kind of give a little nugget of wisdom from your side in the in the tech world, and I'm gonna give a little nugget from the teaching side. Um, I love this to, alliteration, by the way. Connor's coach's corner, Trey's tech tips. Yeah, like, it's, no, it's perfect. It's, it's so <laughs> perfect. And we're gonna have we're gonna have little sound bites too, right? We need yeah. to come up okay. with one for Manolo, like Manolo's mobile minute or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> would you like me to read your emails? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so so my coaching corner, so the idea is I'm gonna try to share a technique usually from Teach Like a Champion, um, but just that teachers could adapt in a variety of grade levels and content. So my coach's corner for today is ask the question why. Why? Because it increases the rigor of the question. So thank you for asking Absolutely. me. Um, it Absolutely. It stretches the question and forces a richer discussion. So for instance, if you were in a math class, which I know Nicole loves math. I do love math. Uh, I also love math. And, and I hate when people are like, nerds. oh, I'm not a math person. I'm like, no, but math is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, to, to quote Madagascar, you hate math compared to how much I love math. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I like that. Um, so, so in a math class, if you ask kids, does one half equal two fourths? And they say yes, but then you ask them why. Mm-hmm. You, already you've got a great discussion. Yeah. You know, you force the thinking back on the students. So, um, and of course in a, in a literature classroom, you know, you could, well, did this character, what did this character say? Mm-hmm. Why, why did they say that? So feel free to add on that question wherever it seems appropriate in your lessons. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I've heard you talk about this, um, at like the new teacher Academy. Um, okay. Uh, in gosh, the, I really, the summer ones we did. Yeah, I remember, like right, or yeah, right before school started, I was there. You know, probably making sure a teacher, a new teacher, imaging computers, some, yeah, or something, or like a new teacher just started that day, and yeah. they were kicked into the teacher academy. And I'm like, well, let's make sure you can sign in everything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, I wish I could remember. And this is probably not even a good thing to bring up because I don't have anything to follow through with it. But I remember you talking about something, and it was more about. I don't even think in the education part of the discussion, it's maybe more of a disciplinary thing, like a student comes up to you and okay. and it was, I don't know, something like that. Uh, yeah, I again. I think I know where you're going with this. It, anyway, whatever you said about that, about asking why, or like you're not asking the right follow-up question. For it, discipline? It, maybe, yeah. Okay. I don't know what it was, but it blew my mind. I was like, I'd never thought about it like that. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I th- I, if I'm, I'm reaching here, because you yeah. can give me very much. I'm but, so sorry. So what we talk about with the discipline side is there's these four questions from capturing kids' hearts to ask okay. when a student's misbehaving. And so I share a story from my teaching is like, I would ask a kid why, and it was the wrong question to ask when they were misbehaving. It's like, why'd you get up out of your seat? Like, and they'd be like, oh, I had to get a pencil from my friend. And what are like, you supposed to be doing? Yeah, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's instead of asking why, because you're in that moment, asking the student why doesn't give you a good conversation. Instead of asking why, you should ask, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Are you doing it? Where are you doing it? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. 
So that's very yeah. counterintuitive to your ask why question. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, no, ask why at the right time. I gotcha. So okay. For a content question, definitely ask why to push the thinking back on students. For discipline situations, stick with the four questions from Capturing Kids Hearts. That's really cool. Okay. So, oh, that's cool. I didn't know I blew your mind at a. I just, training. I had never, these are these conceptual things that, like, because, you know, I'm, I'm not in the classroom, I don't see these things, and I still am, you know, relating back to what I came up with as a, as a student. Mm -hmm. um, when I hear things like that and just, kind of the, like I said, these conceptual things. It's like, oh, that's a really good thing. I'm glad that that's kind of, that is being brought up um, for these future generations. I didn't so, have that when I was a kid. Oh. So, <laughs> so there is the end of Connor's Coach's Corner. Love it. Another new segment we're going to keep adding on. All right. What's next, Manila? What do we got? Um, I think that's... The future. <laughs> ah, yes. The future, future Manila. <laughs> Marty, TVP's, we got to go back to the future. TVP's plan for future technology. Um, okay. Just like, I don't know, a, a discussion I think of each, what you guys want to see in terms of technology with TBP's future uh, can be one year, two years, five years, 10 years. Um, and then maybe see if Trey has anything he wants to maybe share of, of TBP's future. Mm. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Your crystal ball? Or? Yes. Okay. Uh, what about you, Nicole? What do you think? Where do you think we should go? Um, I, I really want to see us taking our teachers and really helping them become those facilitators of innovative learning. So like you were mentioning, like how do we teach our kids to search, right? There are some things where we don't need to provide the information, but we can give them opportunities to work collaboratively, to dive into the World Wide Web and find the information and, and read it and say, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I read this. Did you know this? And, and really put that together. And then also give them like those opportunities to produce a product in a way that they choose. Yes. So like maybe I'm going to make a website because there are cool website, pr free website platforms out there that even our third graders can figure out how mm -hmm. to do. Um, but maybe, maybe I really love drawing. I'm going to produce a poster board. Um, maybe I'm going to produce a flyer or a brochure. Maybe it's digital. Maybe it's on paper, but just, empower our teachers to really feel comfortable with those and know how to do that with our kids. Right. I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off your answer. I think yes, the idea of students as generators of content and I think if we add on with we already have the Google stuff, adding on the collaborative piece across our district. Mm -hmm. So if you had like 8th eighth, 8th grade students in Dallas and 8th grade students in Fort Worth who were reading the same novel and you know working on a project together, I think that has the potential to really do something that I don't think is is being done in most schools, right? Right, now. and we have we have Skype, so we can um, even allow mm -hmm. those classrooms to connect via Skype and right. have those conversations. Do we have too. Google Hangouts, or is that turned off? Oh, that's I'm pretty sure it's off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> rightly so. Yeah. But but again, but okay. But with that though, I think, and I don't think we have this problem now. But I, I think where the Allen November videos is coming from is 2013. Is a lot of the it was like a kind of a scare of technology. So it's like, oh, we need to turn that off. We need to turn social media off. Like, but if they only learn to do it outside school for the recreational stuff, but they never learn to do it in school for the work appropriate stuff, like teaching those skills of how do you work with a partner on a project who's remote and on a Google Doc? So when um, I was in the classroom and we went one-to-one -one with Chromebooks, my even though we had Hangouts turned off, my students realized that they could create a collaborative Google Doc and pass notes that way. Yes, so they, they can. <laughs> They're still doing it. Uh, yeah. And I, I was impressed that they did that on their own, being the first time that they had this technology. And it's, it's happened at least three or four times since I started here where 
Yeah, I, I find that impressive. I don't. Out out I mean, I don't. Like, okay, yeah. I find that impressive when oh, our, when our students do that. I'm not like, oh my gosh, why did you do that? Yeah. Now we'll talk about like when is this appropriate, like, and when is it not? Keep you on your toes. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's a lesson right there. Is like the lesson in the innovation of I figured out how to use this tool to do that, but then also the lesson of like you said, is this appropriate or not? What were you What were you doing? What were you supposed to be doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you want, Lucy Manolo? I think um, <clears throat> just me personally, uh, like the way I learn and the, the things I love, of course, technology, but also like the creative aspect of, um, you know, maybe more multimedia stuff. Um, I remember in uh, one of my I think it was AP English for my senior senior uh, high school class English, um, we had a project where we had to read uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, and the telescreens. Uh, yes, and. Uh, we hear, I think it was like seven or eight groups uh, of like four or five students um, do a, a project basically like you read this book, um, I forget what the requirements were, but you had to present some kind of, <clears throat> I think it was like a movie poster that kind of represented like everything you learned and like all, all, all of that. Um, and I had an idea, like, it'd be really cool if we did, like, a movie trailer instead of a movie poster. Oh. Like, what if we, like, you know, and, oh, here, I remember what it was. You had to choose your actors. You had, you had to choose why you chose that actor for this particular character. Um, and I think, like, a, it was a really cool project. Mm-hmm. But I had this idea, and, like, my whole group, like, you know, agreed upon it. I did most of the heavy lifting because, I you know, <laughs> I do the whole video editing stuff. Um, and I remember presenting to presenting it, and everyone had their movie posters, which, you know, it was cool. It was fine. Then I come up, well, my group comes up, and we show this uh, video that I made, and I probably still have it somewhere, I'll have to show y'all, um, but it looked so good. Like, even now, I think I just got it, like, yesterday, I think it was, like, what, nine years since since the since I made the video, but I said, hey, like, you know, nine years ago, you put this on Facebook, because I put it on Facebook for my whole group to, to see, and it's just so good. Like, I think <laughs> it's one of my, like, highlights of, like, like you did this in high school. Um, so stuff like that, like, I, I love doing that, and something that I remember to this day um, that stuck with me. So I think just having that, that aspect of do more creative stuff in, in learning, which I, I, I think we do. You know, there's there's a few teachers that, that do it. I think um, I saw Jefferson, the eighth grade, were doing like a mock, uh, the mock Senate thing. Yeah. Something like that. I think that stuff's really cool. Like just having different ways of learning. Um, do maybe more STEM, more like robotics, I think would be really cool um, to fulfill the, you know, the little Manolos out there that are that want that that technology aspect of, of, of education. Um, I just, I really, w- I really w- want that high school Manolo. Like, yeah. I wonder, I wonder what that footage is like. You know, <laughs> like, just what was he like in high school? And and, but I bet, I bet that video is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I really hope we get to see it. Can we put? Do you have a link to it? Can we put it in the show notes? I will find it. And I will, yeah, yeah. No, I'd love everyone to see yeah. it. Yeah, that's great. Okay. What about you, Mr. Trey? I just want to see. So uh, mine's not. I don't think it's very uh, lofty. I just kind of want to keep see us keep going in the same direction because, like I said, we've come so far in just a few short years. Um, and uh, we've talked about having these kind of technology allies on each campus. Like, okay, this, this is the person. If I need something, this is who I'm going to go to. Or, or they come to us and like, hey, I have this idea. And that is becoming so and more, like it's exponentially growing and becoming more dense at every campus. And I think that's important not only to, to um, kind of augment, like I said, um, the students' uh, experience, but we also, you know, not only do we have brand new teachers coming to us for the first time, we have teachers that have been teaching for 30 years or 40 years or whatever who are like, nah, technology is not for me. And when we have these allies on campuses to kind of help that translation, to be like, no, 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 you can use it. We've made it so easy and it works. You don't have to worry about, oh, I can't figure this out. Um, I, I think once it becomes almost a language instead of, um, 
instead of an event, when technology becomes part of the lesson, instead of just like, today we're doing computers, guys, are you excited? And it's like, no, we, we, we know these well enough to, to not even have to think about, uh, are they charged? Do they work? Um, I, I just want to see that happen more and more and more. Because like I said, we are to the point now where we are, we're not going, ah, we'll be there in a couple of years. Like we're there. We can start to do this innovative technology. We're already doing it in some classrooms. Um, and whether it's one or two teachers at each campus, you know, as opposed to in two years where it's like an entire grade level has gone completely digital. You know, that's, that's just, that's so awesome to me. Um, and I think Manolo's announcement, and it's not really an announcement, but it's kind of something that we're having to, to do. We, we, we tried a um, two to one rollout uh, earlier this year in second through eighth. Uh, grade with um, so basically two to one what that means is you know for every two students there's one Chromebook so we have 12 Chromebooks per classroom now um, and we want to see and make sure that these are being used properly and effectively we don't just want to just put 12 Chromebooks in every classroom just because like if they're not getting used then what's the point right um, when I started we did have some technology that was just sitting there collecting dust and we've tried to redistribute and put it in the people's hands that are going to use it um, so I think, you know, based on, and Ms. Favre, you're probably gonna have a large part in this. Um, and I know Ms. Austin has, what we want to do is kind of put it together, a, a rubric almost of, okay, if you're going to use technology and you want to go one-to-one -one in your classroom and you want to be a pilot classroom at your campus, um, you got to show that you're using it. This is not just, Hey, Hey kids, hop on this computer and be on iStation for like 20 that. minutes. This you is get, going beyond, yeah. yeah, beyond just the standard. Um, so but also things like star testing going completely online, we're gonna have to have these devices in the classrooms, right? Um, so the plan is that in two to three years to be a completely one-to-one -one district, um, but you know, that's that's up to you teachers, that's up to you, the ones that are listening to this, to to really uh, kind of go above and beyond and and, and uh, augment, augment your classrooms and, and your lessons so that this stuff becomes uh, a part of it, not just an addition to. That's it. So yeah, one to one guys in a few years. That's the that's the plan. I love it. I, love it. I I'm excited about it and cautiously optimistic. It. Yeah. yeah, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, a familiar segment with a new twist. <laughs> yeah. The final four questions we will now ask every guest. So it used to be three. Uh, at Manolo's suggestion, we added it. We added a new question to the mix. So. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll start with the first one, we'll, and we'll kind of bounce okay. back. How's that? Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Uh, if TBP were a fictional character or a celebrity, who would it be and why? So I've listened to this question being asked many times, and you know, people like struggle with it. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Now that it's on me, it's like, wow. Like, this is <laughs> yes, the I agree. question I've ever had to it's answer. It's tricky. Um, so just, I think I just thought of this on a whim. Um, but. Uh, do you guys remember the cartoon character uh, Static Shock? Yes. So I, I would probably say Static Shock. Um, what is this? What is this from? I don't know this. It's it's a cartoon. I believe he's in the DC universe, but like okay. Yes. But it, it, this cartoon was I think it was a WB. It was a WB cartoon yeah. on Saturday morning. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's why I don't know it. Marvel for Life. Okay, go ahead. Well, it was on after X Men Evolution, so. It was <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I, from what I remember, and this was a long time ago, but he had that you know that superhero aspect of you know helping helping whoever needed help. Um, but I think because he was had that static shock, that, that mm -hmm. thunder, lightning, just, you know, screams TBP. Mm -hmm. um, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, would say, I would say static shock. Well, and isn't he, he's kind of innovative, right? Or a little bit? From our, yeah, I mean, he okay. was like, yeah, he was running like hoverboards and like, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, a lot of technology. Okay. Yeah. Mm, cool, interesting. Static shock, I like okay. it. I'll have to look that so, up. So, uh, I found this quiz online called What Literary Character Are You? Oh, and no. I uh, pretended I was... 
TBP cool. <laughs> taking this quiz okay. during the best that I could. So I'm, so it said, uh, you are Superman. Oh. You are a hero who fights for justice and have a strong sense of right and wrong. You stand up for the downtrodden and fight evil with all your strength. You are unafraid of death, and to some you may seem mysterious. Oh. Which I would say, like, in our, sometimes people don't, are, they find charter schools mysterious. For sure. Know? Because yeah. they don't know very much about them. And before I worked in a charter school, there were a lot of things that I found, like, what makes them so different? You know, um, I've since found all the answers to that. But um, I, I think a lot of the questions were, like, on the quiz were, there were answers, like, holding up everyone and and having a belief that everyone can succeed and so I think that's that's where my mindset was when I was clicking on these questions on this online quiz no but I love that like the when you said like we fight for justice and stand up for the downtrodden I was like yeah we do like mm -hmm. that yeah that's us so a couple of superheroes and a couple of DC, DC superheroes you know ironically I just thought of this when I was thinking of the DC thing uh, before we made our domain migration and <laughs> all those hard stories. So we used to be uh, all of our email addresses before any of our time were um, like mine would be tgarbers at dallascharter.org. Okay. So our do our domain is dallascharter.org. Our domain now is trinitybasin.net. Um, so you may notice uh, when you sign onto your computer underneath your username, it'll say domain. It'll say TB for Trinity Basin. It used to be the Dallas Charter domain. DC. DC. Our domain used to be DC slash username. Um, so that's kind of weird. Um, remind me one day to tell you the story of the domain migration. It happened over spring break, and it was it was the spring break because it broke. So <laughs> if you uh, both could invent, or each of you could uninvent one thing, what would it be and why? So I think it would, I'm probably going to be the lamest guy at TBP if our students caught wind of this, <laughs> but I would uninvent Fortnite, the uh -oh. game. Um, I'm not really good at it. I think maybe that's, that's, that's the, uh, the main reason. I played it four or five times, and it's just I don't I can't do it. It's just a lot of because you're like you know, the main objective is to like you know, of course eliminate the team. It's like Halo, right? Kind of. Okay. But you're also the aspect of building stuff. You have to be building like stairs and like built like shield like not shields uh, like barriers and, and okay. stuff to like hide behind, and. Simultaneously, you have to be doing all this at the same time. So you're building and attacking and defending. Yeah, okay. if you watch any stream, like you know, any any person who like plays as well, like they'll be just running around and like building stuff. It's just it's too much. Um, and then also because it kind of, whenever I think it peaked, I think 2018, 2019. Um, one of my favorite games is called Overwatch, and I feel mm. like that's such a w way better game. But it's just overshadowed by this other game that I did not like. And so whenever I saw anything Fortnite, it would be, it'd always be like, oh, like, there's that there's that game again. And then like I remember like here like at TUP, you see like kids doing little dances. Like you yes. know, it, it annoys it's, me, but it's like I hate it because it's so it's cute. It's like they, mm -hmm. they, they got it right, you know. It's that, embedded itself yeah, into yeah, the yeah. popular culture. Yeah, yeah, and and I hated that they did it so well because it's not the game that I like or a game that I'm good at. Good at. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I would uninvent Fortnite. I, I remember when Manolo first started working here, he told me about this Overwatch. He's like, you gotta play Overwatch. I'm not a gamer at all, and I didn't know what Overwatch and I didn't know the difference between Fortnite. And I'd see a backpack with Fortnite on. I go, Manolo, that's your favorite game. <laughs> and he would like steam. Like I'd see him space turn. I was like, how dare you? That <laughs> was good. That's funny. Okay, no more. I think um, one of the Ewing teachers on the classroom yeah, once said right. they would uninvent Fortnite. Mm. Okay, so they released a new version last week, so I was prepared to see tired kids the next day. <laughs> yes, um, I would uninvent single-use plastic bags. Oh, okay, like one like that right over there. 
That's my lunch. Yes. <laughs> oh, Connor. In reference to like your last podcast, it says Walmart on it. Uh, <laughs> um, to be fair, I used it to get the groceries, so I'm getting it's a double use. It's a double. Bag. Okay. But uh, but okay. So tell us why no more plastic bags. Well, they're you, most of the time, and especially like they just keep getting kind of I think cheap. They're made more cheaply. Yes. Now, um, they get holes in them, and then you can't reuse them. Mm-hmm. So they're just filling up landfills. Whereas almost everywhere you go now, someone gives you a reusable grocery bag to yeah. market their material. So you've got 20 at home. So just put them in your car and take them to the store with you. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I. But to be fair... Like, I didn't get the bag. The Walmart grocery people gave me the bag because I did the online pickup. That's only because you, know. you didn't show up with the, oh, yeah, I guess you're doing online pickup. Because when you do the same. online pickup, they come out in those bags. So, yeah. so I, I feel, I'm trying to be better about it. So there's a conundrum for there if you're doing a online grocery orders. Yeah. Um, you should see off if Mike, I'll tell you who loves the Walmart grocery pickup. <laughs> you should see uh, if your local Walmart would just let you leave some bags. Like, can I just put these over here and you can put them in a little Connor pile? And then when I submit my bag, you just you just use those. I think you're putting a lot of faith in the people who work at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Fair just, enough. Fair enough. Um, we're just lucky if they get the, the if right you get order, the right stuff. You know, yeah. And, um, at the right time in the right parking lot. So. Um, all right. So anyway, next question. I'm very excited. This is the new question. This is what makes it the fourth one. Uh, so aliens are invading Earth. That's not a question. That's just a hypothetical. So they're taking over. What? And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so we got to evacuate to a new planet. Like, we're going to Mars, maybe outside the galaxy somewhere. Like, so we're packing up, loading up the spaceships, and you're going to take three albums that are going to be part of New Earth. So which three albums are you going to take? Now, you can do greatest hits. It doesn't have to be a physical CD, because even that's kind of an obsolete yeah. thing. But it was, like... Bundled as one album, you get to take three albums. Which do you take? I, I, before we get your answers, I want to preface this with a little quick, quick story. I know oh, we're, we're we running go. long. So we discussed this when we went down to Austin at TCEA, and that's what what started this whole mm-hmm. conversation. And we all had very uh, it was very passionate heated, heated opinions. Discussion. Yeah, we didn't get mad at each other, but it was just like, oh no, no, no. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Because what I love about this question so much mm-hmm. is it's not. What's your three desert island albums right. that you would mm-hmm. take? It's New Earth, right. so, you're, so you have you're, to choose. This something. is what, yeah, this is what's going to inform the new, you know, populace or the right. new citizens of Earth. Populace is that a word? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Styli. Styli. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's it's. I don't know. I go ahead. So you you no, can answer. No, we, but we, well, first it was, it evolved into. Do you like Stevie Nicks or Christy McVie for Fleetwood Mac? We yep. had that that debate, yep. and then it was like Christine McVie, uh, the Kanye West. Album, yeah. Like you were like, I'm not saying it's his best it's album. It's not his best I'm album. I'm not saying it's his best album. <laughs> Just saying this is the album that I would take to New But Earth. I think it's the best choice for this question. Right. Anyway, okay. Yeah. All right. So, who wants to go first? Uh-oh. Okay, I'm going. Manol's pointing at me. <laughs> okay. So I thought about what is music that that I've always enjoyed. Right. Mm-hmm. What is a song that has like an emotional connection tied to it, or I've I've listen to the same mixed CD that I got when I was in like eighth grade, right? Because I, I have a I have my first car with a CD player. It's very exciting. <laughs> I went from a 93 Cavalier with a tape player to then like a Sonic that only had the MP3 port, you know? And Uh-oh. then now I have a I have a CD player. I'm very excited about big, it. Big doings. <laughs> but, um, I hope you're about to game the system and say, it's a mixtape that I've put my own oh. songs on it. <laughs> no, it's a mixed CD. It's a burned CD. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But uh, I think I would choose uh, My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade. Wow, okay. Ooh, interesting. Then, yeah. Cause I, just, I, I don't know My Chemical Romance very well, but is that the one that has is it Helena? Hel- Helena? Is that My Chemical Romance? That's not. That's my, yeah, that's, that's yeah. them, but that's not the album. That's not the, yeah. Okay, have, sorry. I'm not okay? On the album? Yeah. That's so, only My Chemical Romance. Okay, so anyway, My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah. What's the album? Black Parade? The Black, the Black, Black Parade. The Black Parade, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I would choose uh, Alison Cross, Lonely Runs Both Ways. Okay. Because I think it's important. Like, this new world needs to know what bluegrass is. They need hmm. to know. They need to, to hear these instruments in this great, like, vocal harmonies together. Yeah. Um, and then I would choose uh, Michael Buble, Nobody But Me, because it's an album that has, like, his some original songs on there. It's even got Megan Trainor on there. Uh-huh. But... It also then has like Frank Sinatra. His covers, yeah. Yeah, so. So it kind of ex- exposure to different artists. Yes. Kind of, yeah. I like that. Also, yeah. They're great, great choices, by mm-hmm. So the way that I wanted to answer this was, and I think this is how I introduced it, was um, something like an older sound mm-hmm. something from the past, something from the present, and like something that, obviously not the future, because can't see the future, but something that I think is the future is cutting edge. Yes, yeah. the aliens yes. will bring the future yes. music. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the past um, one that I would choose would be the Cranberries hmm. uh, album. No need to argue. Um, so, does it have zombies on it? It does have zombies okay. on it. Yeah. Um, it is a great album. Um, I was first introduced to the Cranberries I think when I was in middle school. By an older cousin, and really liked the song, which was "Zombie," mm-hmm. um, and then didn't really did like. Did it get stuck in your head? It in did. your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, did it linger? <laughs> did you have to let it linger? <laughs> it's a um, different song. Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to the like the other non-singles and non-popular songs until like I think later in high school, and it just like hit me like like wow like this is a great band, um, great singer. Um, I think the instrumentation of it, I think, is makes it timeless. Like you could listen to it at any time. You could, it could probably be released today, and like you wouldn't know that it was a like a '90s, '80s album. That's that's true. Um, and I just think it's such a great album. Um, for the present, I kind of went back and forth, but I think I'm gonna go with uh, Taylor Swift. I'm gonna I say knew it. I knew it. I, I'm gonna say Red, and I'm gonna say Red because I think it's her best work ever. Uh, I used to not really be a Taylor Swift fan. Um, I just thought, you know, I think what everyone thought, like, you know, she's just writing about, you know, same, like, different guys and just annoying. So I, don't, I don't know. I, I didn't really like her. And then I listened to Red and completely changed everything. Like, saw the, the, the type of songwriter she was, uh, the music, everything. It's just, if you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend you listen to the magnum opus that is Red. <laughs> um, okay, so I just looked up the track list. Um, it has I Knew You Were Trouble when you walked in that one, yes. and then We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, that one. Yes. A couple other good ones, but all right. Very, very, very good. Um, and then for my future sound, I, I would go with uh, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. Oh, Billie Eilish, yes. yeah. Um, yeah. I think she is the future of, of music. Um, just She's 18 now, but whenever she released, I think she was 17. And EPs before that, she was 16. But the kind of music she was making is just crazy. Um, and like, I never thought a you know 26 year old listening to a 16 year old, you know, singing. But it's really good music. But her EP was yes. your book trailer for 1984. EP. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was some like you were proud of this thing that you made in high school. Yeah. She mm. was proud of this mm. thing. You know, mm. like everyone has. Yeah. Okay. Has a, has a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
But yeah, those would be my, my three. I listened to that album on the, oh gosh, I think on the way down to Austin or something, or I had to listen to it for a long time. And very, it's sonically very appealing. Like it's like the, the vocals go from like one side of the car to the other. So if you listen to it in a car and headphones, it's very it's cool. It's just doing some really cool stuff. Uh, the audio there as well. All right. Those all great, great answers. Yeah. Films. New Earth is, is in good hands with these two. And the spaceship. <laughs> Especially so. with the ones that I'm bringing to it. Well, well, okay. Well, that's for another let's, episode. Let's not, yeah. let's not go there. Yeah. Um, what do you got, Mr. Trey? Last question. Last question. Do you guys have any uh, general life advice outside of education and technology? Just general life advice. Um, I think I would just say never be afraid to ask for help whenever you need anything. Um, you, you know, one person can't do everything. Um, whenever you need help, I think just ask for it. It's not, it's not a, a bad thing to, to need help or ask for it. Um, I would say always consider what someone else is going through. So, I mean, it's easy to get mad at maybe what you see someone do or they, you feel they do something to you, but it, I think it's always good to ask that question, like maybe they're going through something mm. right now. Right. Yeah, maybe they weren't short with you because of you, but because of them. Right. Or maybe I'm seeing this happening, but maybe I should ask them if they're okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much. And uh, Manola's Mac's about to die, so uh, that about wraps <laughs> it up. Thank you, thank you, Nicole Vavra, Manola Munoz. Thank you so much. This is a great discussion about technology and education. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for having thank me. Thank you for listening to the Bolt Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TheBoltPod for episode updates or reach out to us at TheBolt at TrinityBasin.net. As always, do more, expect more, and be more. Have you ever been in any accidents? Have I? Have I been in any accidents? I don't know, Trey. You, you tell me. <laughs> what, what happened? I rear-ended Manolo uh, when we were coming back to uh, to admin one day. So Manolo's in front. I'm right behind him. And again, I'm in the mind frame of like, he's going. So I look over to my left, over my left shoulder to see traffic. And I oh, see that no. they're not going. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Manolo must have taken off already. I do not. I like turn as I hit the gas pedal and it just goes, boom. <laughs> Did the airbags go off? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It was. I don't think it was that hard, but it felt very yeah. jarring. I was wearing glasses. They fell off my head. <laughs> <laughs> Trey was very um, frazzled when he came to the committee meeting yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And uh, okay. Leslie Austin yeah. drove, drove past us. <laughs> Leslie, <laughs> Leslie passed us and waved like, "Hey guys!" Like honked like, "Hey!" <laughs> like, yeah, we just had an accident. It was. Uh, it was intense.